When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. And we're back. It is Blue White Breakdown. I'm Bob Flounders. Johnny McGonigal is here as well. Here to talk a little bit about August, but I think we should probably get to something more important, Johnny, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Ethan Grunkmeyer, the quarterback who uh, Penn State offered as a three-star at their camp, got an invite to the Elite 11, more than held his own against the best in the country, now is not is no longer a three-star, according to, to uh, 247 Sports. Their composite rankings updates are out. I don't think we're surprised. He's a four-star now. You know, according to 247, that would make Ethan their fourth. I think their 13th four-star in the 2024 class. I don't think you're surprised by this. I think it was only a matter of time. But, again, it just speaks to Penn State's ability to to identify talent that's only going to get better. It's only going to ripen on the vine before it gets to Penn State. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. And this is one where, you know, we talked about this off the air before, too. As soon as Ethan committed, he seemed like a classic you know, three-star to four-star pretty quickly. And look, Penn State has, has made a habit of this at the quarterback position. Uh, in particular, you look at, you know, Drew Aller, you know, when he was early in his, you know, process, you know, he, he wasn't a five-star kid, you know, right off the bat. Um, but, you know, Penn State wanted him early. Uh, and He stuck with Penn State throughout his entire recruitment. And this looks like it's going to be the case with Ethan as well. I don't think he gets the five-star status like Drew did, but still, he proved his worth out, you know, at the uh, at the Elite Eleven, uh, you know, earning that invite in the first place at a um, at a regional camp in State College uh, a day after he committed uh, to Penn State. Yeah, this this kid just has you know riser written all over him. He did when he committed. He, he does now, and, and it hasn't been easy for him. You know, uh, you know this whole process. You know, I wrote a story about Ethan uh, around when he committed back in May, about a month ago, diving into. Uh, his journey to Penn State's 2024 recruiting class and how it was a marathon, not a sprint for him. But yeah, very, very cool to see for him. Uh, It's good for Penn State's recruiting class as well. If you're interested in the rankings and the ratings and all that kind of good stuff, um, it's only going to boost Penn State's 2024 profile more than it already is, and it's already firmly inside that top 10. Yeah, Uh, good for him. Before we move on to uh, maybe uh, thoughts on August camp, According to, I, I counted, I double checked my math a couple times. I think it's 13 four stars uh, in this class. I just, just your thoughts between now and whenever. Quentin Martin, the athlete, 
is is considered the premier player right now in Penn State's 2024 class. There's not a lot he can't do. Every time I see highlights of him at a camp, he's just dominating. Um, he's he's got all the attributes. He looks like to me like a kid that I don't know. I look at it. I look at his numerical ranking, and I'm just thinking: Do you think there's a chance by the time all is said and done that this very very high four star will be a five star? Yeah, I, I think he can get there. Uh, you mentioned the number of four stars. Yeah, I mean Quentin Martin headlining the class, obviously of you know a great talent. Uh, the best talent in Pennsylvania. And I think what really separates this class uh, or what can separate this class uh, from you know, previous classes for Penn State is you know, obviously the number of Pennsylvania guys, but the number of high-end Pennsylvania guys they got. I mean, you look at Quentin Martin, Cooper Cousins are the two highest rated players in the class from Bell Vernon and McDowell, respectively. Um, Tysir Denmark flipping from Oregon, Roman Catholic wide receiver. Um, you can go down the line too. I mean, you know, Anthony Specka from Central Catholic is a four-star linebacker. I think his teammate, uh, Peter Gonzalez, wide receiver, will get a bump from three-star to four-star, potentially sooner rather than later. It's, you know, but at some point, once people watch him his senior year, as, as long as he you know, stays healthy, he'll get there. Uh, Kenny Wosley, the corner from Imhotep, I feel like is, is, a, is a huge ad. They've got a lot of DBs in this class already. The two kids from Florida, Babu Torre, the safety from Jersey. But I think Kenny Wosley is going to be a really is going to be a dude for this uh, for this team, and and so you just look at the the amount of talent that they have from Pennsylvania. It's not like it's a foreign thing. Obviously, Penn State, you know, the, the whole dominate the state thing, right? They always get, uh, or at least they always try to get the best in PA. And there's a couple out there that are either committed to other schools or uncommitted still. But uh, I just think they've done a really good job uh, of keeping those guys in state, securing them for this 2024 class, and. And they don't seem like guys that'll flip either, that they're, they're firmly in this thing. And uh, they're already recruiters. James Franklin always talks about that, Bob. Once you, once, once you go from recruit to commit, you become a recruiter. And I think some of these guys have done a really good job so far of that as well. Fascinating. Grunkmeyer uh, is, is an Ohio kid, as is Drew Aller. And so in the back of my mind, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, Johnny, but I think it would be really fascinating. And I think the Penn State fan base would love it, is that if Penn State continues its ascension and continues to stockpile talent and it catches or possibly, well, let's just say catches Ohio state. I mean, let's be honest. Franklin only has one win against them. The games have been close, but one and eight is one and eight. But if they, if they catch up to Ohio state with a couple of Ohio quarterbacks, that, that, that to me would be a storyline that would never get old. I think for Penn state fans, because they just really, really, really want to beat Ohio state. Yeah. And a note on Grunkmeyer too. I mentioned the story I wrote. If you guys, if listeners, if you haven't read that yet, go check that out. It's a longer feature on Ethan and, and his whole journey. But uh, just a snippet from that story. It was interesting. Uh, Brad Mendler is a quarterback's coach, uh, a quarterback tra- uh, trainer out in Ohio. Uh, same guy who trained Drew Aller, trained Ethan Grunkmeyer. And I was talking to Brad and he was telling me that back in February, he was actually on campus at Penn State, you know, doing a workout with Drew. He was walking over to Haluba Hall uh, with Mike Yersich, uh, offensive coordinator for Penn State, also an Ohio guy. And Mike is like, hey, like, you know, these this film that Ethan sent over to me, I'm like, that's really impressive. Um, and, and sure enough, you know, you look ahead a few months later, uh, at, you know, and, and he's in the Penn State recruiting class. And at the time, you know, Grunkmeyer didn't have a Power 5 offer. But he was persistent. He sent over the clips to not only Mike Yersich, but coaches across the country. Um, and, it, and it stuck. And he performed well whenever he came to Penn State. And so uh, just a really cool story. Check that out if you haven't. But um, 
you know, you won obviously a quarterback in every class too, just like a baseline level. You want a quarterback in every recruiting class, especially with the way the portal is. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they added another quarterback in the 2024 class, but it might be uh, later in the cycle. I think they're comfortable with with Ethan being the only quarterback if he is the only guy in this class because, like like we mentioned, he's a riser. And, uh, and yeah, there's a lot to like with Ethan Grunkmeyer and this class overall, Bob. I agree. I agree. Johnny, uh, we're just getting started here. Really just getting started here on the Blue White Breakdown. I want to talk about something I always – find fascinating at this time of year and i will have a list on my personal 25 most intriguing lions whether they're players or coaches going into august camp but i uh, i put it out to some of penn lies penn state uh tech subscribers and penn state fans there's you know there, there's plenty of ways you guys can join it's a, it's a really good investment you get to hear from johnny and myself dave jones and uh you know, especially throughout the season, uh, we really enjoy the interaction. I, I put out, I put it out earlier, a little bit earlier before this uh, this podcast. I said, "Hey, what what are your who are your three you know most intriguing lions? You know, going into August camp, they could be coaches, could be players. Tell me why." And I'm not necessarily looking for the best lions or the most important lions, but the guys that are intrigue or fascinate you the most because of maybe the upside or maybe because of a competition or it could be a coach uh, stepping in to, you know, to try and really get uh, a position group to the next level. I got some good responses. Check it. I mean, it's out on Penn Live. Uh, I'll continue to uh, uh, chip away at that, but I thought that would be a good topic, Johnny, for you and I to discuss. I'm going to throw out a couple of names to you and I kind of find them intriguing for different reasons, but I want to get your thoughts on them. And they're got again, they're guys that are not the guys that are not necessarily Drew Aller. Probably I don't know if he's going to make my most intriguing list, but he probably will. We still haven't really seen it uh, enough. But I mean, you know, Abdul Carter is intriguing, but I'm pretty sure we have a good read on Abdul. So it's it's not so much those guys. So one of the guys I wanted to to, to, to throw out to you just for a couple different reasons, um, Amin Vanover. Uh, he is a veteran defensive end, and if he was not at Penn State, I think a lot of a lot of uh, teams would be be talking a lot more about Amin Vanover. I thought last year, Johnny, when he played, he's their fourth, probably their fourth defensive end, and at least a four or five line uh, defensive end rotation. It starts with Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, Deny Dennis Sutton, but Amin Vanover was a guy that there were times on the field that when he got in the games, he made some big plays, whether it's running down a play from behind to save a touchdown, getting getting a quarterback pressure at the right time. He, I thought he made the most of his uh, his snaps. I noticed he's up to over 260 pounds, 265. You're just your thoughts on Amin Vanover and why he could be an intriguing player in August. Yeah, Amin's a player that I, I've liked you know, throughout last season. You know, for, for good reason, there was a lot of talk around Adisa Isaac. You know, would he go to the NFL, all that. There's a lot of talk right now about Chop Robinson, and again, rightfully so. I mean, he enters the college football season as one of the most productive defensive ends from last year uh, across all metrics and a guy who could very easily go in the first round uh, in 2024, uh, the, the NFL draft in 2024. And Denai Dennis Sutton has, you know, you just look at the dude and, and you know <laughs> why. You know why there's a lot of hype around him. But Amin was just so productive whenever he was in the game. Like you mentioned, the fourth D end in that rotation probably will be again uh, this season. But look, four and a half tackles for loss, you know, three pass breakups. So he, he's kind of always active at the line of scrimmage whenever he was in. 
yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a player that I, I like, and I think they're really going to need, too, because, you know, not that they're hurting at the end, obviously. I think it's from one through four in terms of the two deep. I think it's their potentially their best position on the entire team. But we know how much those guys like to rotate. And I go back to something that Phil Troutwine, the offensive line coach, uh, told us last month, uh, talking about Javen Williams and, uh, and his tackles. And he said that, hey, if we have the season we want to have, it's going to be a long season. So it's going to be, you know, they want to get to the, the college football playoff. They want to get to that national title game. And if they do, you're talking 14, 15 games. And I think the same applies on the defensive line. You want to keep those guys fresh. You want to play them a bunch. You don't want them to get hurt. Uh, the last thing you want is Chop Robinson playing way too many snaps against, you know, Rutgers and and getting hurt. <laughs> so yeah, no no shade to Rutgers, but you know what I mean. Um, and so and, and so I think Amin's going to get a lot of run. And so I like him a lot as one of those uh, perhaps under the radar, you know, intriguing kind of players um, for this team and, and for this defense specifically. Yeah, Penn State is listing him at two sixty six. I see that Hakeem Beeman is now at two eighty four. I think Ellie's is over 300. Koziah Izzard uh, is uh, 294, I believe. This is what Penn State lists them at. Danger Ants at 280. I see a lot of stuff on social media about, boy, how much bigger and stronger do these guys get in the offseason? You know, references, obviously, the Michigan game. They got bigger and stronger. Um, Franklin made it a priority. I'm I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to pump the brakes. But as someone who's covered a lot of football like myself, what I found, though, is it can be tough to hold that weight and get through August practice sessions, August heat, August humidity, even into the season, the grind of the season, the grind of the practice practices. I guess my question is, in your, in your opinion, how reasonable is it, is it for some of these guys, some of these guys who've made really big weight gains, significant weight, weight gains? I think I saw Hakeem Beeman at one point listed in the 250s last year, and maybe it was, you know, but I guess my question is, how realistic is it going to be, do you think, for some of these guys to hold that weight and, and, and or most of that weight? Yeah, I think Hakeem was listed at 256 uh, last season. And so you like to see him at that weight. You like to see all these guys up front, especially at D-tackle, a position that was you know a relative weakness of this team last year and figures to be again going into this season. At least a question mark, at least a, a, a position of – Curiosity, if if you know, nothing else. Now, look, I'm not a nutritionist. I can't sit. I can't sit here and be like, hey, you know, Akeem's not going to hold this weight. But it is tough. And you mentioned August camp. That that's a grind. It's for me. It, it's really the season too. Um, that's really difficult to hold weight during the season. But they're going to have to. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to have to. You know, keep keep their weights up and 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 stay obviously stay in shape and all that and stay healthy. Uh, most importantly, but you, you look at that Michigan game in November and. I, you know, I was going to run at you. Illinois is probably going to run at you, but it's that Michigan test um, that, that they got beat so badly last year up front in the trenches. And I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for them, but that's, that's something that I know all those D tackles have that game circled uh, when they're, when they're making these gains uh, both in and out of the weight room uh, when they were doing it in the winter, when they're doing it now in June, July, they've got that game circled. And so We'll see. You know, it, it's going to be a matter of time. But just on on the D tackles, on a mean Vanover, on the defensive line, I think something that that we haven't mentioned is just Manny Diaz's ability to you know adapt and and just get get funky with the defense and really use different formations and get fun with it. And I think he's going to have a lot of freedom to do that early in the season. So a guy like Hakeem Beeman, you know, Devon Ellis and and Kaziah Izzard, Dean Durant. 
in a perfect world, they're not worn out by November because, you know, Manny's going to be able to, you know, play with this defense. They've got a lot of pieces at linebacker, a lot of pieces in the secondary. We talked on a previous podcast about them theoretically using six DBs if they really want to. And so I think that too will be able to kind of limit uh, the heavy reps on these D tackles on the DNs as well. Uh, when you look at it like that. Yeah. I bet you if you if at an upcoming Penn State media day in August, either you or I walked up to Manny Diaz and pulled him aside and called him funky. I think he would take that as a compliment. I mean, I, that's a great word to describe him. And I think there's nothing. If you call me funky, it's 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 certainly not. It's certainly not an insult. You're just kind of I, I think funky is clever, out of the box, aggressive, you know, and does, don't necessarily care if it's not the norm. And I think I think we need more of that. I think, Johnny, in college football. I was going to say, Bob, you you openly wear a Dallas Cowboys visor in the state of Pennsylvania. So that I would classify that as funky. I know. Well, you're welcome. In, in, in the worst way possible. You're welcome, Pennsylvania. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Johnny, another guy I wanted to get to with you, and I definitely think he's intriguing for a variety of reasons. Tight end Khalil Dinkins. Rather than me give my my reasons, I, I just believe he is definitely an intriguing player for August and beyond. I'm just going to throw it over to you and maybe get your thoughts on why he could be playing a, a, a maybe a much bigger role than people realize. Yeah, well, let's start in 2022 when in, in those mop up reps that you know everyone is intrigued to watch Drew Aller whenever he got in the game. Um, but he he looked Khalil Dinkins' way uh, quite a bit, you know, with that touchdown against Ohio. Um, and you saw those kind of early strides from Khalil then, uh, and then it was really in spring ball, you know, Tony Rojas stole the, you know, stole the headlines. A lot of other guys were like, Oh, KJ Winston. Like, you know, those were the guys that were on everyone's lips during spring ball, but Khalil Dinkins solidified himself, I think as the number three tight end, uh, in spring, obviously he has to keep it up. He has to stay healthy. You know, August training camp is when jobs and roles are really won. But, you know, with Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren out during spring, you know, Khalil Dinkins had a great opportunity in front of him and he took it. And so I think that early rapport with Drew Aller will be nice. Um, and I think, you know, his ability to, you know, he, he's a pass catcher. He's smooth after the catch, big body. So kind of all, all what you want uh, from a tight end. And we know that this Penn State offense is going to use more than one tight end, more than two tight ends. Uh, and especially if, if, a, if, if a guy like Tyler or Theo you know, goes down or picks up a knock. They've both done it. It's happened to both of them. It, ha- it just happens in the game. Um, you know, Khalil Dinkins is going to play ball for them this year, and I think he's going to be pretty good. Listed at 6'4", 246. Johnny, just to just to just to back up your thoughts. You know what? If Penn State wants to wants to use that T formation, that's usually three tight ends on the field. Good health is important. Theo Johnson has certainly 
had some, I think, uh, injury issues during his Penn State career. He missed some time last year. I think he was very limited, very limited, I think, in spring. They definitely want to use two tight end sets, right? But they also did. Can, they can be really clever out of a three tight end set. I don't know if there's a, another contender right now that can beat out Khalil for that third spot. But And the other thing is that James said it at the end of spring practice. Look, for whatever reason, if a third receiver, if we, if we don't like, if we don't feel really good about our third receiver in our offense, we're not going to hesitate to use three tight ends if we think three tight ends are – we got – our third tight end is better than our, you know, than our third uh, wide receiver because it's it's a it's a single back offense primarily, and I think Khalil Dinkins is a guy if he makes a forward move in August. Just looking at how much those three tight end sets uh, pay dividends as the season went on, he's a he's a fascinating player. As you, he's a matchup problem as a receiver. Um, they have to be able to trust him as a blocker, but yeah, I think he is a guy. I'll be watching in August. I don't know about you. I mean, let me let me stick on the offensive side for you. I know you talked about Javen Williams uh, on our last podcast and and just his talent as a January enrollee, a five star player, and how Phil Troutwine is really thinking about getting him on the field, and he should. But the guy I think that is intriguing for just for a number of reasons is Caden Wallace. He's a veteran, but I'm just not so sure. What is the best version of Caden Wallace? He's enormous. I think they list him at over 340 pounds. Didn't see a lot of him down the stretch. I think he was dealing with some injuries, but they like Drew Shelton. They like Olufashanu. But if anything happens to either one of those guys, Caden Wallace is going to be the guy. He still might be a starting tackle, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how good Caden Wallace can be. What do you think? Yeah, just really quick, double backing to, uh, to the tight end really quick because we were talking about Khalil Dinkins. One name I just want to throw out there. Uh, to keep an eye on Andrew uh, Andrew Rappel, yeah, uh, the freshman enrollee he came in this summer uh, was not an early enrollee in uh, in January, but uh, I know that the coaches already like what they've seen from him, and uh, and he's a guy who might push uh, for playing time as a true freshman. But uh, yeah, getting getting back to the veteran and, and Caden Wallace, it's tough, right? Because you've got Drew Shelton there battling uh, with him at right tackle, and um, and. We've talked about this. I feel like that's going to be a battle that's going to go into the season, and whoever kind of just you know declares themselves essentially the starter uh, by their play is going to end up being the guy. But you know, Caden is experienced. He started, I think, twenty-seven games for them. But for for as many good moments as he had, there were also bad moments too. Uh, you know, last season, and and th- that might have been injury related as well. But you know, we've seen him get get burned off the edge uh, a decent bit, and so and that's concerning. Um, especially when you when you have an offensive line that's so strong, really from from Olu Fashano on the left side, you know, through the middle uh, at guard and center, you need that right side shored up. You need to be able to run the ball off of both sides. Uh, you can't get too predictable as an offense and just you know bank on Olu blocking like two guys at a time, which he definitely can do. You know, Caden needs to needs to have a really good uh, August training camp because they got Drew Shelton breathing down his uh, breathing down his neck. Uh, and Drew, who stepped in, you know, for Olu last year, you know, man the left side uh, as a true freshman. They like what they have in him, not just now, but you you look ahead even to 2024 and 2025. Not that this coaching staff would mortgage their, you know, the the, the present for the future or anything like that, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, Caden has a big August training camp ahead of him. We all know that he knows that, uh, and so does Phil Trout on the offensive uh, line. Yeah. 
I was going to go safety, but I they're they're so te- they're so deep at safety. I don't know that there's a lot separating the top the top four guys, maybe the top five guys even. But I'm I'm going to go with Cam Miller as as a play, as a as a player of intrigue to me. Uh, I think he is for you as well. Second year corner. Uh, they took off the red shirt last year because they liked him. He's got good size, six foot, I think about 182, 185, something like that. He's a guy that you always see, you know, after availabilities. He's he's out on the practice field going over some things, you know, working on some things. You know, I, I always have in the back of my mind, Johnny, that, you know, there, there are multiple reasons I think Storm Duck had a very short stay in state college just through the spring. I think one of the reasons why he left is Cam Miller. It's not just Cam Miller, but I think that Penn State feels really good about their corner room and the depth there. And I think that Cam Miller is a guy that if anything would happen, if anything would happen to Johnny Dixon or Kalen King, you know, a slot corner, Daquan Hardy, I'm not sure about him in the slot, but if anything would happen to those guys, and I think he'll play anyway, I think Cam Miller, you know, I don't know that once Cam Miller gets on the field, he might be one of those guys that might be, you know, once he gets a role, it might be tough to to get him off the field. Yeah, I agree. And I was about to mention too, you, you, you mentioned Storm Duck and, you know, his, his arrival and departure was pretty quick. Uh, basically the, you know, he was there for spring ball and then he wasn't, you know, obviously Kalen King has a lot to do with that, but he knew coming in that Kalen King was, you know, preseason all American type of player. Uh, Johnny Dixon, who we both uh, agree is one of the more under, maybe underappreciated players in the big 10, but it, Storm Duck probably looked at that and said, Hey, you know, it, Maybe I can beat out Johnny Dixon here, and even if I don't, like I'll sell a big role. But I, I think Cam Miller's ascendance—he you know, played quite a bit as a true freshman last season. James Franklin always talked about developing depth, right, Bob? And uh, I think Cam Miller was was one that was sneaky last year, where it was like, oh, he played in he played in a lot of games for the team, both on you know, special teams and uh, in the secondary, eleven games total. I expect a, an uptick in his development uh, this season. I think he's going to see the field a lot. We've talked previously too about how these safeties, like you know Wheatley and and Ellis, you know both of them have played corner in the past. So if Manny Diaz wants to get funky on defense, you know he can put you know one of those guys on a bigger wideout or even a tight end if they want uh, and mix things up. But uh, Cam Miller at six foot on the outside, uh, I like his potential, and uh, yeah, he he's got a big training camp ahead of him as well uh, if he wants to make that step and solidify himself as that uh, as that third outside corner. Yeah, you know, you're right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I like what you said about him last year. You know, everyone, everyone looks at Singleton and Katron Allen and Abdul Carter and, you know, Drew Shelton and Denai Dennis Sutton. But Ken Miller played some football too. What if he was just hidden in plain sight all along last year? And now, you know, with some more seasoning, with an offseason to get a little bit bigger, um, more reps, you know, watching Kalen King and Johnny Dixon work, you know, Terry Smith's. Uh, are really good at developing corners. What if he is just really sitting on a big year? And I think with or without, I mean, even if Penn State has their their best guys at corner, they could have big plans for Cam Miller as well. And I think he is definitely a guy. I think you'll know by the end. You're going to know by the end of August. James Franklin and the, and the coaches and the players, they're all, they're going to be asked about who's had a good camp, who's really impressed you. And I would not be surprised, Johnny, if we hear Cam Miller mentioned more than a few times. Absolutely. And uh, and look, Bob, one one guy I wanted to add to here before we get out, you know, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, it's it's their show in the backfield. Uh, we've talked about Trey Potts, you know, the Williamsport native transferring over from Minnesota uh, to not only provide a big brother presence uh, to that room as a veteran, but as a tailback too, a guy who stepped in for Mo Ibrahim when he went down 
uh, in Minnesota. But one name I just wanted to throw out there as a running back is Cameron Wallace, uh, true, true freshman, uh, under the radar, kind of last minute addition uh, to this Penn State class, the 2023 class. And, you know, when I was talking to Jaywan Sider, running backs coach for Penn State, you know, a few weeks ago, a month ago, I guess at this point, uh, you know, the, the topic of the conversation was Trey Potts. Uh, but we started to veer into talking about the freshman running backs, you know, London Montgomery from Scranton. Uh, he's still working back from his ACL injury that forced him to miss his senior season. Um, so not sure how much of a factor he's going to play. Maybe that changes. Uh, but Cam Wallace is a guy that, you know, Jay Wansider loves. He said that he's explosive. Uh, he said he might have stole one of these kids, basically you know, a steal of the class, potentially. Uh, he's, he said, quote unquote, he's got juice. Like real juice. And, uh, you know, and, and he mentioned too. Sider mentioned that, you know, in the past, uh, at his you know, previous schools that they that they used uh, these smaller, speedy running backs you know, out of the backfield. And so, you know, I just think that there could be a role for Cam Wallace in this offense, because as much as you know, Nick Singleton is, you know, working on his pass catching, he mentioned that even going back to the winter, that that was a point of emphasis for him this offseason. Um, I do think that they could use Cameron Wallace potentially um, as a little, I don't know, a little slot back, kind of uh, catching some balls out of the backfield, making people miss in space, uh, using that real juice. And uh, and so I just wanted to throw him out there as a potential name, just just to keep an eye on um, and see if he kind of emerges as a as maybe like a fringe uh, you know asset to be used in his freshman year. All right, Penn State fans, you heard it from Johnny McGonigal pre-August. If you're right about the young running back. I'm going to be patting you on the back uh, a lot, you know, during the season, not during Eagles Cowboys games, but that's a great call as an intriguing player. I'm going to remember that one. August practice has not even started. Johnny, good chatting with you. Stay out of the sun as much as you can. I know you, I know you like to frolic, but uh, we will return on the blue white breakdown to talk more about some intriguing players later this summer. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.